Welcome, everyone, to the Game Ball Podcast. I am your host, Tom Schuster. Joining me tonight is Jenny Aquino. Mark is on vacation this week, tracing the steps of Ted Lasso, <laughs> jolly old England. Uh, tonight, we'll be putting together a wish list of features and games for the rumored new Nintendo Switch, and we'll be reviewing our retro roulette game, Mario Kart Double Dash, for the Nintendo GameCube. But before we get to all of that, Jen, what have you been playing? So I know it's been a bit since I've been on the podcast. Um, I've been playing quite a lot and an interesting variety of games. Um, so starting out with the usual Phasmo, I'm still playing it mainly to do the weekly challenges just to see how much I can get my level up before um, all the levels are reset with the really big update. Um, that was actually supposed to happen already, but they pushed it back to mid-August because they just weren't ready, which oh, I no. always appreciate. Does honestly. that mean that... that, that- Nick Cage has been delayed too. No, Nick Cage is here. Nick Cage is, <laughs> is definitely here. Which He's alive is and well. He is alive and well. That brings me to my next game, Dead by Daylight. <laughs> <laughs> um, I finally played as Nick Cage uh, sometime last this past week, and I like two of three out of three of his perks. Um, I know I, I reviewed them last last episode, I think, or at least our last full episode, but um. He has a perk called scene partner where he screams and Mm. it reveals his location to the killer. But in return, you get to see the killer's aura. So you kind of can keep tabs on where each other are. The problem with scene partner is that it it activates a bunch of times. So you don't know when he's going to scream. So there were times when I was in a game against a killer where I was trying to be sneaky. And I literally had one game where... I walked through a hallway and I could see the killer at the other end and he wasn't facing me. And then Nick Cage screams because the perk activates. And then I just see him turn around and I was like, oh, God, (laughs) I had to run away. But um, it came in sort of handy. It's just not I'm not like the strongest uh, looper. So having a perk that attracts the killer's attention constantly is not for me. Um, I'd rather run like altruistic perks and stuff like that. He just seems way too chaotic. I can't imagine. He is. Oh my god! It is it is chaotic. Um, There's another perk called Dramaturgy where that one I got a lot more use out of because while you're running, um, I think you have to be trying to remember now. I think you have to be running and injured, or maybe just running. I forget. But um, it activates and it does a random assortment of things besides give you a quick speed boost, so you can get out of dodge kind of quickly. Sometimes you scream. Sometimes nothing happens. Sometimes you get a really rare item. Or sometimes you become exposed, which makes you a one hit down for like, I forget how many seconds, 30 seconds, maybe something like that. So a lot of like risk in his perks, but his commentary is hilarious. He actually said some crazy stuff. I was not prepared. He got hooked or I got hooked as him once. And he said something which I won't say on the podcast. There were like a lot of F-bombs being dropped. And like I was just like, whoa, what the hell? Um <laughs> But yeah, he talks to the other survivors. He talks to the killer. It's really funny. Um, I would definitely recommend still, if anyone hasn't seen any Nick Cage gameplay or overheard it from when you were playing in a game with a Nick Cage, I would definitely try to look up his voice lines at the very least because it's it's pretty funny. They did a good job with it, I think. So. Uh, I'm, I'm glad he was so into it. Yeah, me too. I You know, honestly, I'm still not like the biggest Nick Cage fan when it comes to, you know, his acting and stuff, like his acting style. But I give him a lot of credit for being genuine. Like he was genuinely super excited to be a part of it. And from what I saw, he was very thankful that they thought of him too. Um, and he did it, I guess the main reason that he did it in the first place was because a family member is very into Dead by Daylight. So he wanted to do it for them. Um, but also he's saying, you know, like, this is great. I love the horror community. I'm breaking into games. Like he just seems genuinely happy to be a part of it. So can't knock it so uh yeah that's been that's been fun but we also received news that they are finally they're finally doing a licensed chapter that i've been asking for for five years and that is an alien chapter um big news big news. really big news <laughs> i'm really excited um i i want to say that it was not a leak i think maybe they just came out with it um but you know how it is now everything leaks and then you these companies have to backpedal and release information to try to cover it up. So who knows? But um, I think I think rumor has it that we're probably going to get Alien, obviously, as the killer of the, the Xenomorph. 
And then El- uh, Ellen Ripley as the survivor. That's what people are asking for. And most likely like a space station map. I mean, that would make sense to have Ripley right. as, the, yeah. as the survivor. Definitely. Um, um, I think it's going to be really cool, honestly. Do, uh, at this point, do they just give you Predator too? I mean... That's an interesting point because I saw on, I think it was their roadmap for the year. They they kind of give you a summary of how many licensed chapters are coming out versus originals, how many killers, survivors are there are going to be. And mm. there is a licensed chapter with a killer only. And I think Alien and Predator are owned by the same company. And if they have the rights to Alien, they may have the rights to Predator. And I know a lot of people really wanted Predator as well. So. I mean, the- Predator seems like the perfect killer for that for that game. Yeah, for sure. Um, they could do a lot with Predator, and I have all these ideas for what they're going to do with Alien. Um, a friend of the podcast and fellow streamer, Landsleader, he was saying that he thinks that they're going to make the killer's Mori, which is like their finishing move. Um, he thinks they're going to make it where the alien baby pops out of your chest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean, if they don't use that in some capacity, it's a miss. But um, yeah, you got to You got to throw that in there somewhere. Yeah. I was wondering if they're going to utilize the acid, um, like their acid spit as an attack, like the plague how she throws up on people or um, if they're going to do something where the alien can travel through the air vents of the space space station map or travel through something as one of the other killers can travel, travel through lockers. So I think I think it's going to be really fun. Um, most people seem excited about it. Some people are already complaining that they think it's going to be overpowered. I don't know how you could think something that doesn't exist is overpowered just because it was in a movie. I don't know. Nobody's ever happy. It's a kill. It's a it's a omnipresent killer. Of course, it's going to be overpowered. Right. I mean, all of the killers are overpowered. That's the whole point of the game. Exactly. So, So, yeah, I don't know. Those people will not be happy regardless. So I don't really care what they think. But most people are very excited. And like you mentioned, I've seen a lot of people suggesting Predator as well to go along with it. So we can only hope. I think that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. Yeah. And I think we're going to get more information on that chapter on August 8th. So very soon we'll have more information. Um, they did like a really quick little teaser trailer, which is pretty cool if anyone hasn't seen it and you want to go watch it. Um, so hopefully more info to come very soon. Uh, and then moving on, I've gotten back into Ark a little bit, back into Minecraft. Um, the three newest games that I've been playing are very different from each other. One is Stardew Valley, which okay. way back at the beginning of Game Vault, beginning times, uh, Mark and I used to do Stardew Sundays on stream. I haven't played Stardew consistently since then, probably. Um, and our friend Mayton was wanting to get back into it and play co-op. So we made our own game. We've been having fun in that. Um, we've come to the realization and maybe other people would agree. Stardew seems like this really chill, relaxing game. And it's actually very stressful because time (laughs) goes so quickly that you have to like water your crops and watch your energy bar and go talk to people. And if you're trying to do, um, I guess quest is probably a strong word, but one of the quests that the villagers need, uh, there's a lot and the map is just big enough where it takes you a while to get from one end to the other. And there's just so many things to do and not enough time where I'm actually really surprised that there isn't. I mean, maybe there is a mod that exists to slow down time, but I'm surprised that there aren't different levels of difficulty in that game where time slows down a little bit because it's I think it's pretty quick as it is now. But um, that's been fun, though, overall. Um, And then I've been playing Civilization Six with Dan mostly, which I liked again a couple of years ago. I was into the last Civilization game and then it kind of. I don't know, just stop playing it for whatever reason. Um, but it's a lot of fun. I forgot how fun it is. Um, I think I've somehow figured out that the thing that I do best in that game is win in, I can't remember what they call it. I think it's culture. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I do it, but somehow <laughs> that's the easiest category for me. So that's what I usually aim for. I try to beat everyone in the culture category. But I don't know if you've ever played that game. I haven't, but I watched plenty of Mark and Dan play it on stream. You know, it's funny. I wish I wish Dan was able to be on tonight because he doesn't remember streaming that with Mark. <laughs> he streamed it like for a month and a half. Yeah, it was Civ Sundays. And I told him that. And he's like, I mean, he's probably going to now say, oh, I was just kidding. But I genuinely <laughs> think he was not kidding. As I know when he's kidding, 
And he was like, no, I've never streamed this before. It's like, yes, you did. You and Mark used to stream it. He's like, no, that wasn't that. Like, okay. Uh, he 100% used to stream it. <laughs> I know. So, yeah. Anyway, we've been playing that and it's been fun. Um, and then lastly, I started a new game called Escape the Backrooms, which if you've seen the creepypasta YouTube videos about the backrooms, it's very closely related to a lot of those um, a lot of those videos, especially the early ones that first came out. It's um, exactly what it sounds like. You're escaping the backrooms from those videos. There's a lot of uh, puzzles to figure out. You are being chased by things. There's really no way to defend yourself much from anything. So it's kind of just sneaking around and like hiding and trying to find your way around in the dark sometimes it's it's really creepy but a lot of fun i've been playing it with um death comes asmin gaming and another friend and i don't know how you would do this if you were solo because there are some parts where you need either to sacrifice a teammate to cause a distraction or just in general cause a distraction or cover more ground with everyone splitting up it's just I, I can't imagine doing it solo, but we've been having a lot of fun and apparently we're about to beat it. So I'm looking forward to that. We've been doing that every Tuesday. But uh, yeah, a lot of different things. But that's pretty much I think that's pretty much it for me. Well, that's a lot of different games for you yeah. over a long, long, long period of time, which is awesome. I've been playing one game for a long period of time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I bet I know what it is. I have been playing Final Fantasy 16. Yep. Almost nonstop. I mean, pretty nice. much to the point where I have not touched another game, which is interesting because usually I can handle a couple of games at a time. But mm -hmm. I've been so engaged in the story of of Clive and his his crew that I have not needed any other game to play. It's just been this. I I can't even imagine. I don't I don't know if it tracks hours in this in this game, but I've ha I have to be th 30 plus hours into this game. And that's yeah. a lot considering what type of game it is. It's considering it's a an action game as opposed to being like a turn-based RPG. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's just so good. <laughs> I don't know. How, I mean, right now, Mark would probably kill me for saying this, but right now it's my game of the year <laughs> by like by, by far. I don't it, it's it's not even kind of close. Mm hmm. I can't I can't remember the last I mean, I, I guess the last time a game really grabbed me like this was probably um, Kingdom Hearts 2. Wow. And that, that's saying a lot. I mean, I, I've played a lot of games and enjoyed them, but nothing has like really grabbed me like this. I mean, I really enjoyed Final Fantasy 7 Remake, but it was kind of I knew the story. I knew how everything was going to go for the most part. Right. This totally new story, totally different play style, which I really got into. I was surprised. Mm -hmm. I was very, I was very uh, drawn in by how the how the controls worked, how how you dodged, how you. I mean, Jonathan's probably going to say, "Well, you'd probably like Dark Souls now," but I'm going to say, probably not, because I would get my <laughs> ass whooped in Dark Souls still. <laughs> um, but I, I really enjoyed it. I which I should, Good. which means I should probably try Devil May Cry at some point because apparently this very similar play style to that. Okay. Um, but yeah. And I finished it. I beat it. Oh, yay. Congratulations. Thank you. I beat it last night. And nice. uh, if anybody's been watching the stream, Mark also beat it. He beat it on stream. Uh -huh. And man, the ending is just. Did you have the same reaction as he did to the ending? Yes. Tears. <laughs> it was. It just tugged at the heartstrings. Yeah. Yeah. There were some I things imagine. I wasn't thrilled with at the end, but I'm. I need to I need to talk it out with someone else who's beat it to see what his his uh, thoughts are on how things end because it's very vague. The ending is very vague. It doesn't mm -hmm. give you a whole lot of you know. Some games will tell you exactly what happened to the characters after afterwards. Yeah, this does not do that. It gives oh. you zero information. It kind of leaves. I I don't know if they did that on purpose so that they could release DLC so you could play after. Oh, maybe. Or if they just felt like leaving it like that, which is very possible. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I taking it very literally, there were some things I wasn't thrilled with it dur during the ending. But again, I have to I, I feel like I need to to speak to somebody else who's gotten to that point and seen it and yeah. tell me I'm wrong, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
or even just to bounce ideas off. Like, what do you think this meant? Right. Kind of thing. Because because there's the the symbolism in this game is off the charts. Yeah. With the the they show you stuff in the beginning of the game that is still relevant all the way at the end. Wow. Like, and they, it's very obvious that they're making it a point to show you something mm-hmm. <laughs> that could play a part in the end of the game. So, Jan, I think you'd really like this game. You know, I, I keep hearing that, and, and I was very happy with um, the gameplay that I've watched Mark play on stream. It does seem like that I don't mind turn-based action game, or turn-based style, I should say, but this action game style seems more of what I might enjoy. Yeah, so. I think it would, I, and there's so there's so many side quests. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think Mark was saying that he was going to try to do all of them. I don't I, know how I, many you did. I think I did all of them. I didn't have any green exclamation points at the end of the game. So I nice. I think I did them all, but I had a couple items that were missing. So I may have missed some in the beginning, mm-hmm. which if I did, I might do a new game plus just to make sure I do them all. Yeah. But I usually with a game like this, I don't I don't do generally with games in ge- nowadays. I don't do new game plus because it's a lot. Is that the hardest, the harder level that you unlock when you finish? You, or? Yes. Yeah, so you so you unlock Final Fantasy difficulty, which I don't know what that means. <laughs> the, it, it's I guess it's just a hard mode, right? Where uh, you can earn better equipment and you can earn uh, and you face tougher enemies and things like that. But I don't know that I want to do that. I had a, a I had a decent challenge. To me, the game was kind of easy. I didn't really run into issues where I was like trying to beat my head against the wall facing mm-hmm. a boss. Yeah, that's good. Um, but I don't want to get to that point. No, that's not <laughs> usually super fun unless you're right. someone that really enjoys that. If you're somebody who likes an Elden Ring or a, or a Souls-like game, sure. Final yeah. fa- the the Final Fantasy difficulty may be something you want to look into. But me personally, I I don't know that I'm going to do that. I may try a new game plus just normal difficulty just to just to see if I missed anything. Mm-hmm. But after the ending, like it's just such a, it's such a emotional thing you have to go through at the end that I don't know that I want to do that again. Yeah, I can see that where it's like, you almost have to grieve it a little bit. And yeah. Move on. It, because it's, it's not, I mean, I don't want to spoil anything. Right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just going to say, no, nah, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but it it's it's just a lot of emotion to deal with. I'll just yeah. say that. That's a, that's all I'll say. It's a lot of emotion to deal with, and I don't want to do it again. Do it again. Like yeah. When I played Crisis Core, oh my god, because I knew the ending was coming. I knew how it ended, and I still was wrecked for like three yep. days. And I don't want to do that. That I have to say, that's something that Square has done a lot, and it kind of it kind of hurts a little bit to play the because it's like the disney pixar thing like oh we have to make it very we yeah. have to make it sad oh my i don't God. want don't give just give me a happy ending that's right. all i want it doesn't have just to always give, be sad just just give me they lived happily ever after i don't need <laughs> the gut punch at the end where you know the the main character dies and right. i and you've already even though you've already told us they die in another game it still hurts so right I, you know, that's it, just a thing I hope I wish Square would do less of. I don't mm-hmm. know if I don't know if other games do it because I generally a Zelda game won't do that. Generally, a Zelda game is, oh, they lived happily ever after. But right. yeah, because they want to be more mature and they want to, I guess, appeal to older audiences. They don't do that all the time. Mm-hmm. And that I, I, I have, I'm kind of getting sick of it. So. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, I I was just telling Mark recently, I've started The Last of Us at least four times. Oh. And every time the opening gets me like full blown hysterics almost like and I like, know what's going to happen and I know exactly how it's going to go. And the TV show was the same way. The opening happened and I'm sitting there crying and I'm like, why? Why does this still get to me so much? Yeah, it just does. Something's just like they stick with you. Yeah, but. it's just it's just tough. Like I'm old and I I don't have a whole lot of, of gaming time. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to play a game, I would like it to be I would like I would like it to be engaging, but give me 
like a satisfying happy ending because I don't I don't I've got enough on my plate. I don't need to be, <laughs> you know, like I, I would never even start The Last of Us. Yeah, I can't even imagine it just games like that are not interesting to me. Like, I don't need I don't need I, I, I haven't watched a Pixar movie and I couldn't tell you how long because I've been burned by Toy Story 3 so bad that I don't want to end up. I don't want to watch any other. Oh my other gosh, up, yeah, Pixar I know. Movie. So, yeah, I like I the world is is tough enough. I don't need a movie or a video game to tell me that it's that it's that much harder. Just give me a happy ending where everybody's happy. That's all I want. Yeah. It's not that I, difficult. I get that. Maybe maybe they'll come out with a game soon that'll surprise everyone. I hope, It'll be a I super happy so. ending. Because to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> Dan's not here, so I can't nope. make fun of him. Like, <laughs> uh, most Final Fantasy games do that. Most most Square games do that, but it's a recent thing. Like Final Fantasy 15, Crisis Core. Like the ev- why do we? Ha- why does everybody have to die at the end? That's not fun. Yeah. Spoilers for. 10 year old games at this point <laughs> and older, but I don't, you know, just give me a happy ending. That's all I'm asking for. I don't, I, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be sugar coated or whatever. Just let every, let everybody have a good time. Yeah. If it, just work it out so that it makes sense. And, you yeah. know, even if you want to kill off one or two people, don't kill everyone right. off. <laughs> Come on right. now. Just, right. Just give us something. <laughs> give us something to hold on to. All right. I think it's enough ranting on. <laughs> Sad video games. Vague ranting. <laughs> yes, as vague as I could possibly be. <laughs> uh, so we are still in the doldrums of news, mm-hmm. but we yeah. there's been a couple interesting things that have taken place. Yeah. Uh, so Jen, why don't you give us the news for for this week? Sure. So starting out, I know Mark's not here, but I couldn't not mention this um, because he loves the drama and the pettiness. So we have more Microsoft versus the FTC type news here. Um, so in the ongoing news regarding their battle to acquire Activision Blizzard, there appears to finally be somewhat of a resolution, at least for the U.S. for them. Um, so if you missed it, on July 12th, the FTC filed an appeal to have the U.S. appeals court order Microsoft to cease its acquisition of Activision Blizzard. And the judge very quickly denied the appeal. And then the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Ninth Ninth Circuit also denied it, which now gives Microsoft the all clear to complete its purchase of Activision Blizzard in the U.S. specifically. Finally. Yeah. Um, So it's not over. Microsoft still has to deal with the CMA in the U.K. Um, We talked about this a while back, but in April, they had initially blocked the the acquisition, stating that it would give Microsoft the ability to dominate the cloud gaming market which sounds a little silly. Um, But uh, Microsoft has announced that they're actually going to pause their appeal motions in the UK and work towards negotiating something that will hopefully benefit both of them. Um, And then last week, I think it was late last week, the CMA also extended their own deadline in the case, uh, which was supposed to be on July 18th, and it'll now be moved to August 29th. So basically, at this point, Microsoft can either close the purchase on its own, um, which was actually supposed to be on july 18th was their own deadline as well um which would make them have to cut the uk out of the deal maybe they could start that back up in the future if they wanted to or maybe they'll wait till august 29th to see if they can work out a deal with the cma i'm not sure what's going to happen but the drama is almost coming to a close now i don't know what mark's going to do (laughs) when this is all over he's going to have to get get some some other acquisition to to be (laughs) Well, he could just talk about, he could just watch Twitter burn. I mean, that, that'll yeah, be the next true. thing. <laughs> Very true. You mean X. It's, excuse me, X. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so, so stupid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, not a, that's not a topic for this podcast. <laughs> nope. Yeah. Uh, moving on. Xbox is now going to be offering streaming through Discord or to Discord, um, which I think is really cool. So, As of August 2nd, if you are an Xbox insider, you can stream gameplay directly from your Xbox to your Discord's friends, uh, Discord friends and or your community, whatever you decide to do. Um, This apparently has been a very highly requested feature. So they decided they're going to start rolling it out to anyone who is a part of their alpha skip ahead or alpha rings. 
Um, and then they're still saying like very soon it's going to be available for anyone, everyone, but they're starting out with those, those people first. Um, and the process is extremely simple. So players basically would just have to join their own discord voice channel directly through their Xbox. They just have to go to the parties and chat section and select discord. And then there's literally a button that says stream your game and you press it. And then it just starts streaming to everyone in that channel. So really simple, which I think is really cool. Um, yeah, it's it's really awesome. That, I mean, Xbox lost their streaming platform, so they kind of needed something else. Mm-hmm. And even though this is not as big a thing as, say, Twitch or YouTube, it's still a cool feature because some people just want to sit and watch their friends play games. Yeah. If, if you talk to your husband, we used to do that all the time. Mm-hmm. We just yeah. used to sit and watch each other play video games. And that's just just what we did. And it was fun. Right. We could sit there and hang out and watch something entertaining. Exactly. And I've I, I know streamers who will do um like movie nights with their Discord community or they'll have hangout sessions. And this is just another way to incorporate, you know, your community into gaming. If you don't want to be live on Twitch when you want to do like a subs only game night or something, you know, yep. it's it's pretty cool that they have this available now. Um, and I don't have an Xbox, but I, I still really appreciate, and I hope that PlayStation also comes out with something similar. Um, they're usually a little bit behind, um, in the past with discord related updates with their console. So, um, now, now if this does come to say, well, I mean, you could do it on PC now anyway, but is this something you'd ever consider doing with your community? Um, I think so. I'm I'm curious to see when it fully rolls out what people say the quality is like, the stream quality is like. I think I'm assuming if it comes from the console, if it comes from the console, it should probably be better than streaming through Discord from your PC directly, just because I know a lot of times it takes up a lot of your computer's resources mm-hmm. um, when you're live on Discord and you're playing a more demanding game. The picture quality is not great. It can get a little pixely. Um, so I'm curious to see how it looks from the console. Um, I'm also thinking about how I think when I had the PS4, they offered um, like a, I forget what they called it. It was like a PlayStation w- wireless connection where you were basically streaming your gameplay f- into your PC. Oh, and that it. wasn't super great. So hopefully it's not like that. I'm assuming that they're going to figure it out. But I'd be interested to see what it's like. Um, but if it does do well, then I would definitely, I would definitely consider it for sure. Either way, even if I, you know, obviously don't have a PlayStation five or a new Xbox or anything like that, but I would probably consider trying it out at the very least having, um, a game night, like a community night or something through discord, even Mm -hmm. something fun, maybe like Jackbox or something just to test it out. Yeah. I think that's a perfect thing to use it for is yeah. Party games and things like that. Right. But yeah, Yeah. I'm interested to see how they how it works mm-hmm. because it's it's an inter- it's a cool idea um, and it eliminates the need for a PC, which is something that Xbox has done pretty well. They I know that they had in at least on the Xbox one. I don't know how it is on the Series X or S. I haven't tried it or or done it at all, but I used to stream directly from my Xbox one. So I'm curious if you know i and it worked pretty well i was surprised so i would be i would like to see how that how well this worked because because it could open up the opportunity for folks to stream to more get their stuff out to more people in different ways and uh it's always nice to have options because right right now it's pretty much just twitch i it's rare that anybody gains a, a following on youtube these days but it's it's possible, but it's it's basically a, a one and a half horse race. Yeah, it'd be interesting yeah. to see how this does with uh, with Discord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, hearing what people have to say about it once it starts rolling out, if they really like it, if it's not great quality or if it's great quality. I'm just interested to find out. So hopefully more to come on that. Um, I'm sure at one point one of us will be testing it out if it goes well. Um, and then moving on, my last uh, big news story. Nintendo has announced some record-breaking financial news this past week. Um, 
They revealed to everyone that this quarter was actually their best first quarter since they rolled out the Switch in 2017. Um, and you could probably guess why. Um, but they are thinking, uh, mainly, they're saying that it's due to the success of Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I mean, you, it's hard to deny that. <laughs> right. Exactly. So in the newest financial report, they said that, you know, Tears of the Kingdom has sold 18.5 million units um, between its release date, date all the way up to June 30th. Um, so this actually set the record for Nintendo, again, like I said, to have the highest global sell-through of a first-party game for the first quarter since the launch of the Switch. Um, and they're also attributing Tears of the Kingdom to more hardware sales as well, because 3.9 million units of the Switch in all of its forms were also sold during this quarter. So they're saying that they've basically seen people who were purchasing Tears of the Kingdom they had never played before. Um, they were on a new console or they were purchasing the console with the game. So um, they were really happy with how Tears of the Kingdom performed for them in different ways. Um, but they also did credit the success to Super Mario Brothers, the movie as well. Uh, they said that they saw increased sales for Mario Kart 8 and other Mario related games. So they didn't just give it all to Tears of the Kingdom, which <laughs> is nice because obviously Super Mario was huge, still is the top video game movie probably will remain forever or still a really long time still, still haven't seen it unfortunately oh really yeah i need to it's see it good. it's That's hard good. when you it's hard when you have a, a, a child yeah <laughs> yeah i'm sure you who's not old enough to go to the movies right i was gonna say you'll you'll get time uh eventually to see it and then you'll be able to to jump on and talk about it but yeah it was it was really good so i definitely i can definitely see that increasing sales for the switch as well um and then lastly, this I thought was interesting as well. Nintendo also updated their best sellers lists for consoles and games. Um, I won't list all 10 for each, but the top three consoles sold to date are still number one, the Nintendo DS with 154 million units sold. Um, the Nintendo Switch coming in number two at 129.5 million units. And then the Game Boy coming in at number three with 118 point seven-ish million units, which is pretty cool that the Game Boy is up there in the top people, three. People forget how much of a juggernaut the Game Boy was. Between yeah. the Game Boy, Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Color, they consider all of that one console pretty much. So yeah, it's the Game Boy was just incredibly big. Yeah. If you look at its numbers compared to like the the Game Gear, it's not even kind of close. <laughs> right. Not even a little bit. Yeah. So, and the interesting thing that all of those three have in common is that they're all portable systems. That's right. Which might come in handy in our next topic. Yes. And <laughs> speaking of Nintendo, there's been a lot of rumors and a lot of leaks this week saying that we'll be having a new Nintendo Switch yep. by Q1, I think they're saying, of 2024, mid 2024 is what they're saying. Right. Yeah. So we thought it would be fun to come up with a wish list of things we would like to see with the new, in quotes, Nintendo <laughs> Switch. Yep. Because we, first of all, we can we can we can speculate on what they're going to call it. I think they're going to call it New Nintendo Switch because that's Nintendo and that's the dumb naming conventions they've come up with. Because they they've never done a a, a console two, even the mm, Wii. Interesting. Even the Wii was the Wii U. It wasn't the Wii Two. That's true. They they would have been so much better if they just called it the Wii Two. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know what they'll call it. Like I said, I think my money is on new Nintendo Switch because, as far as we know, it will can it will retain the hybrid nation um, hybrid uh, action of having handheld that well, you can dock. Right. And I think with all the success of the Switch and now the Steam Deck, it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yep. So I'd say since we only have like a game each, let's start with what we think they're what games we would like to see. I think we have one game each that we're yeah that we'd like to see on this thing. So if you sure. want to start, go ahead. Yep. So you're not going to be shocked at all, but I want a new Animal Crossing game. <laughs> and I think <laughs> Animal Crossing is I have notes here. Animal Crossing is their top, is their second best-selling game of all time 
42.79 million units sold. So what better game to come out with on your new console than Animal Crossing? And even if it's not like a release title, then at least bring it out within its first year of it coming out, you know, to try to hype everyone up about it. I think that would be amazing. Um, You know, we've mentioned that they've stopped doing major updates on Animal Crossing New Horizons, and a lot of people are really upset about it. Uh, So I think it would be a no brainer for them to bring this on board with the new with the new console. So fingers crossed for that. I would love that. Yeah, I I don't know how they could avoid doing an Animal Crossing. Yeah, Uh, they can't. But if anybody has listened to this show at all, you should know what is coming. Give me a new F Zero. <laughs> You've waited long enough, right? We haven't had an F Zero since the GameCube, and it's obvious that people want it. I don't like. I've never heard someone say, "Yeah, I wouldn't play F Zero." I, I I know plenty of people that would purchase an F Zero game, and now with the internet, because it didn't exist really <laughs> at the time when F Zero came out, you could have multiplayer online. Yeah. Like you could have that game could live on. You could put out DLC for new tracks and all kinds of stuff. Just put out an F zero. That's all we want. That's all we're asking for. Right. Right. That would be pretty cool. Like I can only imagine what they could do with a next generation console. I say next generation. We just started this generation, (laughs) this generation console. Yep. Uh, So that's what I want. Uh, Make it 60 FPS. I don't care what you have to do to get it there. It needs to it needs to be fast. It needs to be let Sega do it. Sega did it last time and they did a great job. Honestly, I think that's why they haven't done it again because Sega did it better than they did. <laughs> yeah, potentially. Uh, so yeah. People still uh, people don't know what Captain Falcon is from when they play Smash. So give me give me <laughs> give me an F zero so they can figure out who Captain Falcon is and why he's in the game. Yeah. I think that would be a great launch title. For the for the new switch as well. Yeah, like it would it would 100% give you the the fast paced game that you'd want. And it would be a systems. It would be a system seller. It was a launch game on the Super Nintendo. So make it a launch game on the a new switch. Yeah, yeah. And it has the nostalgia behind it, which is a great driving force as well. So yep, seems pretty obvious. I think I mean, Nintendo obviously listen to our podcast. So just clearly Nintendo just, do both. <laughs> just send us the check now. That's uh, right, right. You know how I mean you <laughs> we'll take just mark it as cash. Well, that's fine. Yep. We'll take out what we need. We'll be we'll be waiting. <laughs> so anyway, so we we wanted to focus more on the technical side of things because I know I have a couple of things that I really would like to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure you do too, especially being the switch being your one like n- the your newest consoles. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Uh, so yeah, if you want to start, go ahead. Sure. And I'm sure we're probably going to have a lot of crossovers with what mm-hmm. we want. So if I say something that you have, just jump in, add to it. Um, but the number one thing that, well, not the number one, cause these aren't really ranked. The first thing that I have is what I mentioned before, and that's portability. I still want it to be a portable console, but I do still want it to come with a dock. Um, I really like the way the switch is now. Um, so I hope that doesn't change with the new console. I don't want them to be only portable or only a regular console that you can't bring them with you easily. Um, I really enjoy being able to plug the switch into the dock every once in a while and play on a TV screen. Although most of the time I am, you know, using it as a handheld device. Um, so that's, that's my, that's one of my biggest hopes is that it remains portable. Yep. And I'm going to piggyback off that. Uh, Nintendo, you've seen all of these attachments that people have made, and you've seen the Steam Deck mm-hmm. make the Switch more ergonomic. Yes. Oh my I'm, God. Yes. I'm old. My joints hurt. <laughs> make the thing feel good in my hands, because I can't tell you how many like cases and I I've debated spending fifty dollars on a a hoary set of joy cons because they're huge and they would fit in my hands mm-hmm. as opposed to the little tiny regular <laughs> nintendo joy con like i i bought a satisfy grip which is a godsend if you if you play your switch handheld most of the time you need yep. to get one it's like the greatest thing it makes it feel like a giant xbox controller in your oh, hand that's awesome <laughs> so jen i especially i we you and i have bigger hands so yeah i feel like that would re- that really helps ergonomics because it like it pushes your elbows out 
so mm-hmm. everything is more at a, has a at a much better angle when you're when you're playing. And I I won't play the Switch without it. I refuse. Yeah. I refuse. I refuse to play it in, in handheld mode without it. Yeah. But yeah, that's a number one. Make the damn thing ergonomic, please. Even if <laughs> you, I know you can do it. We've seen plenty of other companies make these handheld devices that are ergonomic and feel good in the hand. So we know we know it's ca- you're capable of doing it. You you are a master of design, Nintendo. You've done you've done things very well. So just do this for us, please. Us mm-hmm. old people who have are, are getting arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Don't forget us. Yeah. So um I would also like a larger screen. Um That's while I like Yes, there you go. While I like the portability, I also don't mind it being a little bit larger than the current Switch. Um, It doesn't really make that much of a difference if it goes up, you know, a few ounces to me. Um, You know, maybe that preference would change for a family who has like a limited space on a trip or something. But I would at least love some improvements with the screen and the overall size of it. Um, I kind of would feel a little bit gypped if they came out with this brand new new switch or this brand new console and it just you know had the same old screen you know Mm -hmm. i feel like typically when technology upgrades the screen gets bigger or better in some way so that was something i would like to see too yeah i would like them to at least use the oled screen for Mm -hmm. like don't don't give us the first screen just make it oled to begin with right and either make it an inch bigger or like make it the same size as the stream deck or the steam yeah. deck. God, I, I know it's so hard. It's so hard not to say the other one. Make it the same size as the steam deck. People love that. Right. And I think it's a perfect size for a handheld and you can, I'm, it still fits in a dock. Like it's not, right. you're not, you don't have to make it gigantic so it doesn't fit in a dock, but exactly. Yeah. I'm yeah. with you there, but I'm, I'm going to throw in another one. But this is not nothing to do with the screen. It's it's use hall sensing hall effect sensors for your thumbsticks, so we don't have to worry about the stupid stick drift. Yes, that was one of mine too. (laughs) (laughs) Not as technical as you just put it. I just said get rid of the Joy-Con drift. God damn it! So now they've they've developed these thumbsticks that work with magnets Mm -hmm. instead of. Uh, potentiometer so a potentiometer just reads how far it goes left and right or up and down okay but but these don't use that technology so you don't have to worry about it getting out of sync and Mm. starting to drift gotcha and like because they use like rubber bands and stuff to keep it to keep it in in the middle and if they fail over time then you're obviously going to run into stick drift so they make they make these other thumbsticks that use um, a magnetic field that doesn't it doesn't bother it at all. So give us those. They're yeah. not that much more. Or at least at least make it so you can change them somewhat easy. Because right to, right to repair has become a big thing. So yep. if you could make it easy for us to switch out the like make it make it a plug and play thing. Make it so you unpl- un undo the screws in the back, you pop out the one, you pop into the new one, you're done. Right. That would make so many people's lives easier. And even though it becomes a disposable product or whatever it it still is better than having to send your special edition joy cons to nintendo not knowing if you're going to get the same ones back exactly yeah it would be in just totally unacceptable that the next console comes out and people are still experiencing joy joy con drift yeah 100 like, percent unnecessary absolutely so, i agree um i feel like this is going to become the new, like the huge competitor of the Steam Deck, if they do this right, like they should basically be making the next console the Steam Deck. Because I yeah. feel like our list is starting to sound like that. But it's true. It's, like I make a lot of comparisons to it throughout the way. And that includes my next my next point, um, which is more storage. Um, yeah. While it's really easy to buy, you know, the external SD card, it's also really annoying, especially when you might start needing multiple cards, depending on how many games you own. Um, I would like, I would say the storage on the new switch needs to be increased if they want to offer tiered options, whatever, but like the steam deck, 
64 gigs should be the absolute bare minimum. I don't want to see anything less than 64 gigs on the new on the new console. I think that's just games are bigger. They take up more space. Um, I shouldn't be going out and having to buy extra cards for this brand new console when I download two games on the Switch. So I think 64 gigs should be the absolute minimum amount of storage they give us. Yeah, I cannot imagine them giving less than that. If they do, there's a problem. Uh, But yeah, I can't imagine them going less than that. Uh, My thing is they need to join the 21st century and make it 4K capable. Mm, Yeah. Nice. Even if even if it's only, I, I mean, it would only be in docked mode, but make make the dock a scaler. It's very it, it's that would be where your extra horsepower comes from is the dock. It can still be 1080p or, or 720p on the screen or 800p or whatever the Steam Deck is using, mm-hmm. and just just give us that that little extra. That's that's all I want. Just make the dock more powerful. Give it give us 4K. Yeah, that would look that would look a lot better, I think. Um, so my next one, I don't know how realistic it is because currently um, I'm basically going to ask for improvement on the battery. And the reason I say that is because currently the switch that's out right now ranges anywhere from about four and a half to nine hours, depending on obviously the game you're playing and screen brightness and all of that. Um, this one for me is not like a huge necessity. Um, it's more of just like a hopeful ask. Um, but the current, I think the Steam Deck ranges anywhere from like two hours to eight hours. So I would imagine if I were to get a Steam Deck and play Dead by Daylight, I'd probably be getting like three and a half hours out of it <laughs> because that game is more demanding. It's, you know, you know, constant online connection and you'd have to turn up the brightness, be able to see where you were going and all that. So um I would like I would like a battery improvement, but again, I mean the current one's not terrible. It would just be something you know, nice to come along with it, um, you know, with the portability option. Um, and then I'm just going to mention another tiny one that I have before listing my final one after you. Um, and that's the friend code thing. I kind of hope that there's a simpler way of adding friends on the Switch without having to use those really long codes because I always yeah. found that to be really weird and inconvenient. So I don't know if that's like a security thing. So that they find it's easier for like better for kids or I don't know. So they need to, on top of all this other stuff, now, now that you said that this is bringing something else to my mind, get with Microsoft and figure out multiplayer gaming on the switch. Cause right now it's horrendous <laughs> and trying to trying to play a game with your friend and like talk to them on the switch is like nearly impossible. Yeah. So figure that out figure out voice chat because everybody uses it and right now nobody nobody uses it on the switch they just use discord right even if you just put a discord app on the switch yeah it's fine just do that that would be great <laughs> i totally agree but i do have one last one okay. and it's kind of a nitpick it's kind of a uh pie in the sky thing add variable refresh rate because we know i know that the switch itself right now is not that powerful, which means that the new one is probably not going to be all that powerful. Mm-hmm. So make it variable refresh rate so it doesn't screen tear all over the place if it goes under 60 frames per second. And most TVs nowadays are sold with some sort of variable refresh rate built in. So mm-hmm. there's no reason not to do it. Yeah, nice quality of life thing that they could add for sure. Yep. Uh, so my last one, I think it's my... Aside from portability, my most important thing that I want, and this is backwards compatibility to the Switch. Um, I want to be able to access my current Nintendo account and all the games I've purchased. I want to be able to play my cartridges on the new console. Um, I think this is absolutely necessary, and I would not purchase. I wouldn't even think twice about purchasing the Switch if they did the new Switch, if they did this, if they're if they're turn around and they say like, no you know, it's not going to be backwards compatible at all, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't purchase I it. I don't know that in this day and age, you can release a console that's not. The PS5 yeah. and the Xbox Series X are w- almost 100% backwards compatible. I think the One X or the Series X is 100% backwards compatible. The PS5, I know there's some some games that don't work, but for the most part, they 
can both play games from the PS4 without a problem. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason and, why it, they couldn't make it backwards compatible. Yeah. So there's unless they decided to go with a new media type. Mm, yeah. I guess there's a possibility, but flash storage is so cheap now. Like you could buy a one terabyte SD card for like 20, 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. So they got to be able to, if they're going to go that route, it's got to be able to work with the old car- cartridge. Right. And, you know, I, I think the, the reason they went with cartridges because they wanted to be cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and also games aren't on the cartridge anymore. You just, they're just like a, that's your copy protection at this point. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. So, yeah. So, yeah, Nintendo. I know. Once again, we know you're listening. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, check better be in the mail. That's right. And if you have any wish list items for the new Nintendo Switch, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter slash X or Threads. <laughs> We're on Threads, too. Yeah. Uh, at Game Vault Pod. And we'd be happy to hear your suggestions, too, because I'm sure that we're all on the same wavelength here. And we all mm-hmm. are going to want very similar things. But if there is that weird thing that you want, I'd love to hear about it because I I would like to know what it is and why you want it. Yeah, agreed. All right. So now that we're done asking things of Nintendo, <laughs> Nintendo, Nintendo is going to hopefully show us something in the Retro Roulette game this week, which is Mario Kart Double Dash for the Nintendo GameCube. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jen, where are you coming from with uh, Double Dash? So, so far, everyone that I've told this to has been shocked. Um, and rightfully so, now that I've played it, I actually had never played Mario Kart Double Dash before. That's like, um, that's like blasphemy. I know. I don't know how that's even possible, but <laughs> here we are. <laughs> um, I am very much terrible at Mario Kart, so maybe that has something to do with it. Um, so, yeah, I I came to this game a total noob, never, never played before at all. So I, that's that's very interesting to me because mm-hmm. didn't you own a GameCube? I did. And I mainly played. Um, what is it called? Harvest Moon on it. OK. <laughs> also, I think. No, just mainly Harvest Moon games. Um, I was going to say Animal Crossing, but I'm pretty sure that was my friend's game that she lent me. Um, yeah. So I would say mostly mostly Harvest Moon games and maybe a Pokemon game or two. But yeah, no, uh, no Mario Kart for the GameCube. That's sad. It was a sad mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. I still have my original GameCube and I can see it from here. And it's probably glaring at me like, I told you. <laughs> so Double Dash was one of those games, since I did not own a GameCube, it was one of those party games where you'd go to a, fr- a friend's house who that was like the only GameCube game they owned. So mm-hmm. it broke out their controllers and everybody played Double Dash. So... Going back to it, after playing Mario Kart 8 and, you know, all the modern uh, Mario Karts, you can see where a lot of the bones for the newer generation Mario Karts began. Mm-hmm. Because it it's definitely not as polished as a new one, but you can see where, you know, they were they they threw in the, you know, the the double item box they threw in a lot of stuff that you use now that you would never think twice about not having before but if you go back to like mario kart 64 a lot of the stuff that is in modern games does not exist in there yep and i feel like double dash brought most of the things you think of in a mario kart game now they it was kind of the the beta test i guess because i i feel like it's one of those hidden i hate to say the word hidden gems mm-hmm. because not many people owned a gamecube well relatively speaking you're right right compared to like the wii mm-hmm. uh because i feel like mario kart wii probably outsold it by double if i had to guess and mario kart double dash is what a way better game just for the mere fact that you don't have to deal with motion controls but right <laughs> Uh, it's got the it's got the character switching that that was a very interesting thing. You never saw that before mm-hmm. with having two characters, but that's the gimmick of the game, which makes sense. Um, and a lot of the tracks that, that you play now are from this game. Yeah, I noticed a, that a lot of them. Like if you I'm sure you went through and were like, wow, I've played most of yeah. these levels before. <laughs> 
that was so, that was really fun for me to to realize like oh i know these maps yeah and like i said it's it was a stepping stone for for what you think of as a modern mario kart mm-hmm. um w- one thing i did notice is that bowser and bowser jr for whatever reason in this game super op <laughs> they're always in first place even in like 50 cc they're mm-hmm. always first <laughs> i don't know how it's just like they're always right either right behind you or right in front of you that's funny and- you should mention that because my my arch nemesis the whole time was baby mario and baby luigi in their shopping cart <laughs> i don't know why but it was they were always like it's going at me for first place so that's interesting oh. That's funny. I wonder mm-hmm. if it's random. I, I I wonder if they're like, all right, these are going to be the two that are yeah. front runners. They That's assign funny. you your your arch enemy randomly. Well, you know what? It could be based on what characters you picked because mm, that's true. I picked Koopa Troopa and uh, Paratroopa. Okay. And Bowser and Bowser Junior were always in first place. And you, I'm guessing you went with a Yoshi. I actually went with Peach and Daisy. Oh, you went with both girls. So yeah. that makes sense that it's baby Mario and baby Luigi. Right. Yeah. And that's another cool thing is that Daisy was in this game. Yes. Before that, she, she was a little ahead. bit annoying, to be honest. Because <laughs> she only said like one thing and it was, hi, I'm Daisy or something like we, that. Yeah. They uh, they didn't <laughs> they didn't do a very good job of of putting voices in that game because they no. didn't have enough. They didn't have much space. Right. So it makes sense. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, a lot of the characters only said a couple of things, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was nice having, you know, that was the other thing is you had an extended character roster because you right. had two characters per cart. So you had to have all these extra characters, which was nice. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of unlockables. Like there's there's just so much stuff to do in this that I was surprised. I, I'm surprised that we don't all play it more often. Like, I feel like we never touch this game during Extra Life. And I feel like that's a mistake. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, when when I was watching, when we were watching Mark play this on stream, I was thinking the same thing. And I'm like, why don't we do something with this game on stream? Like, why don't we have a Mario Kart night, like a community night? Or like, you know, just at least play it together. Like you said, at Extra Life, that would be that would be fun. Yeah. Um, and you know, you guys would never come in last because that's my reserved spot. So <laughs> there's always that that flip side of it too. But yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Yeah, this game is awesome. Yeah, and another thing is it retains battle mode. It's got a pretty good battle mode in it. Uh it's something that's been really lacking, I feel, in the more recent Mario Karts. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this one was still pretty good. They still had their own like battle arenas as opposed to just driving around the tracks. Right. Uh, kind of like it was in the original Mario Kart. They had their own battle arenas. So I feel like a lot of a, a lot of good stuff in this. A lot of stepping stones for what was to come in, in newer games. And I love that you can still have nostalgia for this game, even if you've never played it. Yes, that's a really good point. Because... Like I said, if you have played a Mario Kart that is newer than 10 years old, you have probably played most of the maps from this game. Yep. The one thing that did annoy me was that I had to refigure out how the starting line worked. Because in <laughs> in most Mario Kart games, you go, you start revving your engine on two. On like, right. when it hits, it's the number two. In this, not the same. You have to hit it on go. Like right. if you, and if you don't hit it on go, you're going to you're going to like spin out and it's not going to go anywhere. Yep. So that was the one annoyance. That was the only annoyance I can think of in this whole game besides the the infamous blue shell. Mm, yeah. <laughs> if we can if we can harp on one thing, it's that the freaking blue shell was created in this game. Yeah. And I noticed that. In one of my games, I was in second place and I got the blue shell almost immediately. I was like, what? <laughs> like, what is yeah, this? It's not it's not weighted. I feel like it's not weighted yeah. as well. No, uh, and it's probably so, super rare to get it. But still, I was not expecting it was like 10, 15 seconds. It might have been like my first box that I picked up was a blue shell. Yep. I was like, what the hell? I mean, of course, <laughs> I happily used it against baby Mario and Luigi, but it was very confusing. 
Yeah. The blue shell, I feel like, was not not programmed as well as it should have been in this mm-hmm. game. But yeah, it's uh, overall excellent game. If, yeah. And like I said, if you haven't played it, you may have played it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let that All right. In. So let's give it a score. Jen, what do you give Mario Kart Double Dash? I would give it a four and a half out of five. Um, I really, like you said, I don't have many complaints at all. Um, I just, I really appreciate the, the more new, the newer, more polished games that have come out since, but I really enjoyed seeing, like you said, having nostalgia for it without ever having played it before because of how many things have, they did well in that game and that they've survived and, and been brought into the new games and improved upon even more. So I think, I think it's a great party game. Um, it's a testament to how well they made the game in general. The fact that, you know, it, it's still held up to this day. Um, I would I would gladly play it with community or, you know, at Extra Life. I think it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. Four and a half out of five for me also. I, I, I guess I should just mention the visuals. The game holds up really well. Yeah, it did even look though, great. Even though it's, I don't, I'm not going to age myself here. It's probably a 20 year old game at this point. Or close to it. Uh, let's see. Yep, 2003, 20 years old. Uh, yep, <laughs> old. Yeah, that's so, yeah. that's crazy. It is crazy to think that it's 20 years old. It still looks great. It plays. It it has tight controls. It there's not really anything I can bash on it for. Besides the difficulty, might be a little harder than a newer Mario Kart. And hey, sometimes you just got to get good, right? Yeah, exactly. I I mean, I, I do have to agree with you on the controls. I found them to be actually a little bit easier for me. I'm I'm very hectic when I play racing games. So this actually <laughs> felt really good to drive in this game. I only came in second place once and I hit first place every other race. So I was feeling pretty great about it. Thanks. It was against, you know, computers. So that's, <laughs> going that's up fine. against another human, probably not that's as great. A win, a win yeah. is a win, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We liked Mario Kart Double Dash. Big, big surprise there. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let us spin the wheel. Well, I mean, nin- Nintendo and Edgar and everybody else are listening, clearly. <laughs> the wheel has chosen F-Zero GX for the Nintendo GameCube. They're saying, bring us F-Zero. Yep. We're going to we're going to show you the last one so you understand what the new one needs to be. There you go. <laughs> and I, I believe this will be our third F0 game. We've played the first two, so this will we'll finish out the trilogy. Right. At, at least on main consoles. There's a bunch of GBA ones that we're not going to touch. Mm, okay. <laughs> so these are the the, the we're going to have be a, we're going to have played the three mainline ones. So uh Mark, I don't know if Mark will be back next monday or today rather if he's not we'll figure something out somebody will be on stream playing f-zero gx yep and um we hope you play along with us uh if if you have any thoughts on f-zero gx or mario kart double dash feel free to hit us up on like i said twitter threads or discord that's also a very good option uh so i think that's gonna wrap it up for us tonight uh if you have any need for any retro gaming accessories, whether it be cables or power supplies or controllers, head on over to Stone Age Gamer via the link in the description of this podcast. And every time you use that to purchase something, it gives us a little kickback, helps us make this podcast and our streams better for you guys. Uh, Jen, you want to let everybody know when you will be streaming? Sure. So here on Game Ball, I usually stream every Wednesday. I typically play horror games. Surprise, surprise. Um, but I may play something different every once in a while, so stop on by. Um, I also stream on my own channel at Roxy Foxy. Um, that is every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday, usually around 9 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and again, I'm a horror variety streamer on my own channel. So um all the games that I talk about that I play every podcast is pretty much what you get to watch me play on my stream. Awesome. And yeah. Uh, one of these days I'll get back to streaming. It's just uh, doing it with a one-year-old is difficult. So we'll yeah. uh, hopefully one of these days I'll get I'll get back into it because I, right. I it. yeah you got to make your big your big comeback. <laughs> and it could be today. Who knows? All right. You it might be know. a surprise. <laughs> so yes, thank you for joining us. Uh, 
So uh, for Jen, I'm Tom, and we'll catch you guys in the next one.